The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. We are uh, so glad that you're with us on a a chilly Lord's Day. I I welcome the cooler weather. I don't know how you feel about it. I think it's uh, rather nice, but we're we're glad that you decided to, to join us. We're in a series of lessons um, in 1 Samuel. So if you have your Bible, you might want to be opening to 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we'll uh, read something from uh, that chapter this morning. Lots of things going on here at LaGrange Church of Christ. Uh, this coming Wednesday, we're going to be packing for Hands of Hope, and so if you can come early and, and do that, that would be a great blessing for us. This last week, we gathered together and we uh, fed uh, some of the flood victims. And so we want to thank you for coming out and, and helping us feed those individuals who many of them are still in uh, hotel rooms and they don't have a kitchen. And so it was nice for us to provide a hot meal for them. We're hoping to do that again in November. Um, also something else, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, uh, this guy serves as an elder on Sunday, but the rest of the week uh, he's a pirate. So uh, we... Uh, we had a great trunk or treat yesterday. I want to thank everybody for uh, coming out and setting up and had a good turnout from the community. And so that was lots and lots of fun. Uh, so 1 Samuel chapter 3. Let's begin reading in verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. When the Lord called Samuel, and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived the Lord was calling the boy Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel, at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, 
What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Well, throughout the Bible, God calls people to be a part of his mission. And he gives them specific tasks. And these are some of the most intriguing stories in Scripture. There's Moses and the burning bush. There is Isaiah who receives a vision of God's throne room where where angels are flying about and God is sitting on his throne. There is Paul who encounters the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. And these are some of the most well-known stories in the Bible. And today, we look at the story of God calling young Samuel to be a prophet, someone who is a, a mouthpiece for God, someone who speaks on behalf of God. And Samuel's vocation is a good place to start. Although the, the book that we are studying bears the name of Samuel, we often think of it as a book about David. Uh, he is the focus of much of it. He is a figure that becomes legendary in Israel. And of course, David is a king. But what makes Israel unique is not their kings. The history of the kings of Israel begins with a prophet. It begins with Samuel. Now there is much said about David. But after the books of Samuel, the focus is obviously on the prophets. The, the main character in the books of First and Second Kings is Elijah and Elisha. Prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, they have their sermons and their, their deeds recorded and put into a book. And we have the books of the prophets. There is no book of David. There's no book of Saul. What makes Israel unique is not her kings, but her prophets who speak the word of God to kings and also to the people of God. You know, good leadership is something that we should desire. It's good for a nation. But what really blesses a nation are the individuals who continually remind people of the word of God. Nations are blessed when, when the people who comprise them act morally and ethically, including its leaders. And the role of the prophets was to call all people to do what is right. And this is probably best summed up in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And Samuel did this from the moment he was called by God. Immediately after speaking with God, he informs Eli of his fate. And he speaks truth to power, even though he's just a boy. But his, um, his age or his standing within the community does not matter because the message that he is delivering is the word of God. And if you read this account carefully then it becomes obvious that there's more going on than just a, a simple call story here. You know, on, on one level, it's a story about Samuel, a young man who is dedicated to the Lord. And now we see here that this 
dedication is confirmed by God. Samuel is called. He has a vocation. He is a prophet. On another level, it is a story about Israel, where they've been, where they are now, and where they are going. And it's also a story about us. It speaks to us today and and should have relevance in our lives. Although Samuel is in the spotlight in this chapter, it is a story with a clear message for Israel. You'll remember that Israel was not in a good place when 1 Samuel begins. You know, this book picks up where the book of Judges leaves off. And the picture presented at the end of Judges is a bleak one. In the first chapter of 1 Samuel, Eli, the priest, he mistakes a praying woman for a drunk woman. In the next chapter, we're introduced to his sons who are much worse. They are supposed to be doing the work of God, but instead they are taking advantage of people. They are abusing their role as priests, and God is not pleased. It's dark. And this is the setting in which we arrive at 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now, there are two things that we need to pay attention to as we look at this passage, and we're given a clue in the very first verse. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare. In those days, there was no frequent vision. This is a story about hearing and vision. Are you hearing the word of the Lord? And is that word illuminating your life? Is it providing the vision that you need to move forward? Because Israel here was lacking in both areas. And this is made clear as we read the story. But we have to pay attention. And the very next verse, if you look in your Bibles, 1 Samuel 3 and verse 2, we're told that Eli's eyesight had begun to grow dim and he could not see. And then this is contrasted with the next verse, verse 3, where it says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And so it looks dark in Israel. Eli is going blind. He is literally, you know, losing his eyesight. But we cannot miss the symbolic significance of this event. The spiritual leader of Israel cannot see. Israel has the tabernacle. You know, they have the the priests to carry out all the religious duties necessary but there is no vision. And we begin to understand why they are lacking vision when we see what happens next. Samuel hears someone speaking, and he thinks it's Eli. and He's just a young boy. He doesn't know what's going on yet. And so he goes to Eli, and Eli tells him, you know, it's not me, Samuel. And we eventually learn, after this happens a couple times, that The one who is doing the speaking is God. Young Samuel hears the word of God, but Eli does not. And the reason that Israel is lacking in vision is because her leaders are not hearing the word of God. They are blind and they are deaf. They are not hearing 
what they are needing to hear and they're not seeing what they need to see. And it seems as if there is no hope. But we must not forget verse 3. The lamp of God has not yet gone out. And so God has not given up on Israel. He's not going to turn his back on her. He calls Samuel and, and this boy who, who sleeps near the ark of God is able to both see and hear. Samuel is the future of Israel. And he will go on to, to lead Israel because he listens to God and because his vision is based on what he hears. And this is a fascinating story and it's important that we're able to see its significance in our own lives. What causes trouble for Israel is their failure to be attentive to God's word. You know, the psalmist says, as Larry read this morning, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We need God's word in our lives. We need to pay attention to it. We need to meditate on it. We need to listen carefully to it to make sure that we're hearing it. And when we fail to do this, we suffer. We suffer spiritually, and we suffer in life because God's Word is the thing that guides us and shapes us. And if we're not spending time in His Word, then, then we don't receive the guidance that we need. And we're not being shaped into the image of Jesus. Spending time in God's Word should be an essential part of our life. But, but often, it's the thing that gets put to the side when life gets busy. And we think, you know, we can do without it for a few weeks and uh, while we get caught up on what's caused this busyness in our life. And, and then what happens is we get out of the routine. And before we know it, it's been months since we've opened our Bible. And this can be dangerous because spending time in God's Word alters our life. And not spending time in God's Word alters our life. Did you get that? Spending time in God's Word alters our life. And not spending time in God's Word also alters our life. And here's the tricky part. When we meditate on God's Word, we might not always notice the changes that are taking place. Because a lot of times, those changes are small. And, and the same is true when we don't spend time in God's Word. But here's the thing. Small changes matter a whole lot over a long period of time. Think about it this way. If you're walking down a path, maybe you're walking in a straight line, and you change your course by just one inch... At first, you barely, barely notice it. You know, it looks like you're on the same path. But what happens if you walk several miles? Then you eventually find yourself way off course. And the same is true with changes in our life. If we make a small change, uh, people may not notice an immediate difference. 
But if we keep moving in that direction and we continue to grow in that area, then eventually we look like a different person. And this can happen with good changes and it can happen with bad changes. In fact, I think small changes are are often more effective than large changes. When we try to make a a big change in our life, we often, we just get frustrated and we give up and, and it's hard to do. But, you know, it's easy to make a small change. And eventually, that, that small change makes a big difference. And so we make positive changes in our life by spending time in God's Word. And if we ever stop spending time in God's Word, then this has a negative effect on our life. The other thing that causes trouble for Israel is their lack of vision. And so they're unable to move forward with God's mission because they don't know his word and they don't have a plan for the future. Remember, God's word is a lamp to our path. It allows us to see where we need to go. Our vision for going forward must always be grounded in God's word. And if spending time in God's Word does not help us see where we need to go as an individual or as a church, then we're doing something wrong. We're not listening. Sometimes we can be around God's Word and still become stagnant. In fact, this is what happens with Eli and his family. They were priests, you know, and spending time around God's Word was part of their job. They were around it all the time. But... God's word did not shape them or their plan for life. It did not illuminate their path. They were blind and they could not see. God is not stagnant. He is moving forward to reach people in this world. And we must decide whether or not we share his vision. It's not our vision, it's God's vision. Are we going to sit on the sidelines and, you know, do the same thing over and over again because it's what we've always done and it makes us feel comfortable? Or are we going to go into the world, seek out the lost, care for the needy, and follow God wherever he leads? This is a chapter about Samuel and Israel, but it's also a chapter written for us. You know, it's here to remind us of the importance of of hearing and seeing. We must hear God's word. We must pay attention and meditate on the word that's been delivered down to us. And this is important, but we must not stop there. Saturating ourselves in God's word must then shape our vision for the future. We should know how to move forward because we've spent time with God's Word. It should shape our plans. It should shape our goals. God's Word is not telling us how to remain the same. It's telling us how to change so we can be more like Jesus. And it's pointing us uh, towards the direction of God. We don't move closer to God by staying where we are at. We move closer to God only by reading our Bible and then taking the the risky step forward as we strive to be a part of God's mission. I don't know where you're at this morning, 
but I would like to invite you to make a small change. You know, start by making a little space in your life where you can spend time with God and His Word. Uh, you know, if, if you're not doing this now, then, then start small, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Spend a minute or two of that time in prayer. And after you've done this for several weeks, then, then make another small change based off what you've read. Advance some way in your walk with God. Love people more. Practice forgiveness. Be generous with your time. You know, reach out to strangers. It, it could be anything. But make sure it comes from your time spent in God's Word. There are many lessons we learn from this story. And another important one is it does not matter um, what your age is. It doesn't matter what your position is in life. It's up to you to decide what you're going to do with your life. You know, the older and more experienced Eli chose a path that led to destruction. Samuel, although he was just a boy, he chose the righteous path. He listened, and he moved forward based on what he heard. And we can either be like Eli or we can be like Samuel. The choice is up to us. Are we going to listen to the Word of God and have a vision going forward? Or are we going to get comfortable and stay where we're at? The Word of God will challenge us. It will prick our hearts. It will call us to do things that we don't always want to do. But it will also give us light so we can be confident in what we are doing and where we are going. And so may we choose the right path. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for your holy word, which is a light to our path. We thank you for the, the wisdom that it gives us. Uh, we're thankful for how it shapes us into the individuals that you want us to be. And we pray that we will spend time in this word so that we will know what to do and where to go. Father, we're thankful for um, people like Samuel who are faithful and who listened to you, and who followed you. May we be encouraged by his example and seek to do the same. We're especially thankful for your son who came down to earth to show us how to live and gave his life for us so that we might have eternal life with you. We're blessed by his sacrifice, and we're, we thank you for it this morning. We pray this in his name. Amen.